0: Hi everyone. Welcome and welcome back to Sincerely See, the podcast by Jen Rise. By now, no matter where you guys are listening from, I think we've all heard or been touched by the Black Lives Matter movement. I know for me, it's been a lot in the news and the media, and especially social media. And social media has been a great way to spreading all information spreading the movement and just gaining awareness the internet has also been a great way you know to gain momentum as online petitions change.org and many other websites that are built for this movement along with all these great ways to help and contribute to this movement educating yourself and learning about the history and the past is also a great way to contribute to this. And just basically educating yourself is a great way. This leads into today's podcast about the past revolutions in America and the tactics and strategies that, you know, the revolutions, the players have used, how the people involved in the movements, how they spread awareness, and basically just what they did, and we're going to be comparing the movements from way back then to the Black Lives Matter movement now. As you all know, America is not new to revolutions. Yeah, countless others have happened since the American Revolution, such as the Civil Rights Movement and the Women's Rights Movement, and so on. All of these movements have had a profound influence on America and has shaped it to what it is today. And it was extremely interesting to track these movements and reflect back on the tactics and strategies that were used and seeing how it compares to modern day movements. So I picked out two movements from before the 1940s-ish, and I picked the Black Lives Matter movement right now to compare it to. The first two historical movements I chose were the Black Rights Movement and during the Jim Crow laws, and the second one was the Women's Rights Movement. Instead of telling about all the marches and all the protests that happened, in these movements, I thought it'd just be more of helpful if I picked out a few key events that shaped the movement and some turning points, and we can focus on those and the strategies and tactics that was used, which we can compare to the modern movements that have happened. Also, because you know these movements have happened the past historical movements have happened before the internet, there's going to be a lot of differences too in how movements from before and now have progressed and how these movements have been using social media, obviously, to spread awareness that the past movements weren't able to do before. First off, let's go back to the Black Rights Movement and talk about some key events there. So just as a refresher, the Black Rights Movement stemmed from the Jim Crow Era. So the Jim Crow Era was a time after those blacks were the black slaves were liberated, and but they still were really oppressed because the South made these laws, the Jim Crow laws, that really oppressed them. For example, you know, they had to pass these liter- literacy tests that were designed specifically to make it unpassable for the blacks. And so, essentially, they weren't allowed to vote because of these unpassable tests. And um interracial marriage was not allowed. Just the famous separate but equal law, they basically had no rights and they were extremely segregated. Let's start off with the first key point of the black rights movement and this might be the most famous one and it's also deemed as the start of you would say the black rights movement. In 1955 Rosa Parks was sitting in a bus and the law at the time was that blacks and blacks should sit at the spots in the back while whites have to, while whites have the right to sit in the front. So when a white man got onto the bus, he couldn't find a seat in the front, and it was the law for the black passengers to get up from their seat and go to the back for the white man to sit. But Parks, in an act of civil disobedience, did not, and she was arrested. Just for those that the term is new, civil disobedience is when someone purposely defies a law as a form of peaceful protest to show their stance on something. And this one action of not getting up for the bus seat for the white man is a perfect example of this because she purposely defies the law and she knows she's going to get in trouble. She gets arrested, but she still does it. And this this action inspired countless others. This really was a key point in the Black Rights Movement. Another real example of civil disobedience from the civil rights movement was in the Greenboro sit-ins. It was organized by four African American men and they chose a diner that they would just sit in there. The law back then was that the diner would only serve those who were white and the diner refused to serve them, but they wouldn't leave until they were served. And the police came, but at first they couldn't really do anything about it because they didn't they weren't you know being violent it was just the act of civil disobedience made it really effective for the black rights movement to spread its word this act of you know sitting in became really popular after that about 300 other college kids sat in at local diners and restaurants and it was really effective at at spreading the words of the movement and what it is because the media were really on it there were tons of reports on the sit-in and it was really widely covered these greenboro sit-ins have influenced and have shaped the sit-ins happening today in the black lives matter movement there are there were so many cases where students and protesters went into museums and just would not leave right just that's their form of protesting There were also a lot of organized sit-ins in front of mayor's offices and people in government positions who have the power to you know arrest those who are guilty of killing an innocent person and just by sitting outside gains a lot of media coverage and spreads a lot of awareness also shows the officials that you know the public is serious about this issue and they will stay there and persist as long as they can until these innocent people that have died are brought to justice. I think the correct term for this is picketing. This form of protest was widely used during the women's rights movement as well. Probably one of the most well-known instances of picketing during the women's rights movement was in the year of 1917. This was during President Woodrow Wilson's presidency. There was the talk of adding an amendment that would give women the right to vote. So beginning around January 10th, women with signs silently protested outside the White House. They just stood there and Basically, they wanted to show their insistence, showing up every day, and over hundreds of women joined them, from January to about November. A lot of them were arrested and charged with, quote, obstructing sidewalk traffic. And according to the Library of Congress, of those arrested, about 97 of them went to jail, and not even considering how crazy this is, this did gain a lot of media coverage and spread a lot of awareness. So picketing was used as a way to show these women's persistence and pressure President Woodrow Wilson into signing in the amendment for women's suffrage. Moving on, I wanted to talk about another form of protest and another strategy that was widely known throughout the black rights movement, and this was boycotting. One of the most famous examples was the boycott of the Montgomery bus system. And this came right after Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat and was arrested. So this boycott happened from December 5th, 1995 to December 20, 1956. This year long boycott consisted of about 40,000 African Americans regular bus riders of the Montgomery bus system and they made up about 75% of the buses riders so for the whole year they didn't use the bus they boycotted it and some of them carpooled or walked to work and this went on for a whole year it wasn't until June fifth, 1956 that the court ruled that Segregating a bus based on skin color violated the 14th Amendment. And just to clarify, the 14th Amendment was added in 1868. And it says that no matter the skin, color, or race, everyone has equal rights under the law. And this really goes to show how effective this boycott was. And boycotts are still happening now in the BLM. A recent example that occurred a few days ago was in Cambridge. Uh, Whole Foods there sent home employees for wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. And the company's policy was that they can't wear any mask or clothes with words on them. So after the public found out that Whole Foods would send, was would sending employees home for this, they gathered in front of Whole Foods since June 25th and they just held signs about the movement and when a, when someone would come into the store, they would try to persuade them not to go in and spread awareness about why they were protesting and this was really effective because a lot of the customers didn't know, and once they found out, they chose to shop somewhere else. One of the organizers of this boycott said something really interesting and just really stuck with me. According to Boston Globe, this organizer said, quote, there should be no place safe for racism, and the only way that happens is if they say it out loud and stop hiding behind neutrality. And this goes for a lot of businesses and chain restaurants out there where they've sent employees home for having the Black Lives Matter word phrase on their mask or on their shirt. And a lot of customers, regular customers, have stops going there and boycotting their business to show their stance and show their support to the BLM. Lastly, I wanted to talk about how the media has been a great way and strategy for these movements to gain momentum and gain awareness. Obviously, since the black civil rights movement and the women's rights movement, the media has had a probably different role um, compared to now because of social media. But essentially, I think the role of the media and the news are the same because when they report these sit-ins, these marches and protests, it cause, it really spreads awareness and, you know, just through the word of mouth and people, you know, just hearing about it and they realize, hey, there's like a march tomorrow and then they go, I think, it's essentially the same from about eight years ago versus now. But obviously, you know, after the invention of the internet and social media, it has really broadened the way people can protest and p- how people can support. And it doesn't necessarily have to be physical like before. For example, there's so many platforms on uh, like websites that you can sign petitions and you can email or call officials to get those who wrongly killed locked up. Additionally, there's so many ways people can donate now. And even if you're running a bit short on money, there's ways you can support the movement without, you know, spending too much out of pocket. Like, there's YouTube videos that have ads that go towards uh, BLM organizations. Also, when you buy your regular stuff at the store, you know, Like, go support Black-owned businesses and buy from there instead and support them. Also, with the rise of social media, there's social media influencers. And these figures from YouTube and Instagram and Twitter have these huge platforms that they have been using, a lot of them, that can spread awareness. They can, you know, link in their story the resources, where they can go to, to support the movement, how they can support the movement, um, where to, like, where to donate, where to sign petitions. This is all really connecting because of internet and social media now. Lastly, I just wanted to end it off with saying that from the Black Civil Rights Movement since the Jim Crow law area to now during the BLM, there's still so much racism and hatred towards the African-American community that's still killing innocent African-Americans to this day. And after the trends die over and after the media doesn't report on it that much, I think we still all need to remember what happened and the tragic countless deaths that have happened at the hands of racism and hatred. There's still a lot left to do, but revolutions don't happen overnight. But small steps such as educating yourself and just not being ignorant, acknowledging that there's a problem is a great first step.